Oh, Father, as we've just been singing, there's none like you, Lord. Therefore, gracious God, to serve you is the greatest honor any man or woman or young person can ever, ever have. To serve you, oh God. And Lord, you have placed me in this privileged position this morning. That I'm able to open your word and handle the word of God today. Thank you, oh God. Don't take it lightly and I pray that you will help me, oh God. You open my mouth and you will fill it with the word that you want to speak, gracious God. And Father, I pray for those, Lord God, who are hearing and listening. That Lord, you will pour your spirit upon them, Father, in great strength. Bless my wife Kim as she signs. Bless our deaf brothers and sisters, Lord. In fact, Lord, in every way, in this next few moments, may you glorify Jesus Christ through weak vessels, Lord, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've entitled this message, uh, Making Mistakes. Who hasn't made mistakes? If we ask you to um, put your hands up, if you haven't made a mistake then I would expect all of our hands to remain down. Because we've all made mistakes, some very small, some huge. Some of us are too young to make any serious mistakes. Others of us are too old to turn around and think about how many we have made. But you know, this guy Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was a good man. We've been looking at kings in the Old Testament. And we come to this man, Jehoshaphat. Very long name, I know. But he was a good king. And the Bible turns around and says about this man, um, these words, his heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Here he is, Jehoshaphat. Three things I want to say about this man. First, I want to talk about deception. Now, it's very interesting how... Wicked and evil, ungodly men like to attach themselves to good men. Very interesting. How people who are living a life that are not that great, are are, are not walking with the Lord, like to attach themselves to someone who does know God. Sometimes it's our own fault. Sometimes as Christians, we look at the sinners, we look at the ungodly, and we think they're having more fun than me, so therefore I'm going to join them. And that's a very unwise thing to do. But other times we have wicked men looking at good men and saying, I want to link myself for some reason with that man. Well, Jehoshaphat was no different. Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat linked himself with another king, a man called Ahab. And you might turn around and say, well, that means nothing to me, Ahab. But it may not mean nothing to you, and I can understand that. But you might know more about Ahab if I introduce his wife to you. You see, his wife was more wicked than he was. Who was his wife? Well, his wife was a woman called Jezebel. Now... I don't think Jezebel is making a, that name is not making a return anytime soon. I don't think Jeff, your daughter's daughter, Jezebel, I, I don't think she is going to think about 
that name in the horizon. Because nobody wants to call their daughter Jezebel. Well, why? Because Jezebel, the name, is synonymous with wickedness and evil and ungodliness. And Jezebel was Ahab's wife. Well, Jehoshaphat joined himself to this man. And this man, Ahab, he turns around and he says, well, I'm going to war. I'm going to fight. And, and, and he turns around and, and he wants the good king, Jehoshaphat, to join with him. So let's see what the word of God says over here. Um, so Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, come and, and, and go and fight with me. But Jehoshaphat said, hold on, before we go, I, I'll go with you. But before we go, first seek the counsel of the Lord. That's wise, isn't it? Before you do anything, Jehoshaphat said, well, we're going to war. I'm going to spend thousands of pounds and millions of pounds of soldiers to go to war. But before we do it, let's just seek what God wants. And that is so important. As a Christian, we need to seek what God wants us to do all the time. Not just in coming to church, not just in things relating to the Bible, but things related to everything in our lives. What does God want me to do? Let me seek the counsel of the Lord. Well, I need to underline that. Well, King Ahab, King Ahab decided, okay, I'll, I'll do that. If, if you want to seek the counsel of the Lord, he said, okay. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, 400 men, and asked them this question, shall we go to war against Ramoth, Gilead, or not? And that's what he said. He got 400 prophets. All came up, and, and he asked them the question, shall we go? But, you know, Jehoshaphat wasn't happy. 400 men, and yet he wasn't happy. And he said, you know, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? I've got 400 men, he says, all saying things. But isn't there a prophet of God? Well, I ask myself, what's wrong? Surely these 400 men were good enough? Look at them. Look how they were speaking. They were speaking as if they were speaking from God. Look what they were saying. Go, they answered, for God will give it into the king's hands. And again, listen to their words. This is what the Lord says. With these you will gorge out the Armenians until they are completely destroyed. These are what the 400 prophets were saying. And yet, Jehoshaphat was not happy. And he turns around and he says, is there not a prophet of God? Now why am I making a big situation about this? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the Bible tells me, let me tell you what the Bible tells me. It's what the Bible tells me. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into dispute. What the Lord is saying here is this. Listen, you see Jehoshaphat 
400 men all saying that they're speaking from God. I'm going to tell you, says the Lord, a day is coming where in the church there will be false teachers, false prophets, people who will stand where I am standing and preach to people where you are sitting and tell them whatever they want to hear in the name of the Lord. And people will listen to it and be deceived by it. It's going to get bad. It's going to get worse. In fact, Scripture says many will follow their depraved conduct and bring the way of truth into this dispute. In fact, Jesus turns around and says this, for false messiahs and false Christs, false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. Jesus is speaking and he's saying this. Men will come, women will come, and they will speak and preach and even do miracles. And everyone will turn around and say, wow, that must be from God. But I want to tell you, says the Lord, it is not from God. These are false teachers, false preachers, false messiahs, false men who come into the church and seek to deceive those who are trying to get eternal life. Now, in order you say, well, Jerry, how, how do I know? How can I avoid these false men? How can I avoid false teaching? How do I know that you're not a false teacher? Sometimes the people who speak about false teaching can be the worst ones. How do I know that you're not a false teacher? I'll tell you what you need to do. And this is not happening in the church very often. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to start praying for yourselves. God needs to call you back to himself and say to you, seek my face. Don't get another man, don't get a pastor to seek your, my, your, my, my face for you. No, no, you seek my face. Not only seek my face in prayer, but I'm telling you, you need to know the word of God for yourself. That's what you need to know. Not only seek my face, but you need to know God's word for yourself. So many people are relying on the internet. They're relying on, 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 on the computer. They're relying on other things to feed them, but they're not feeding themselves. Why not? Are you too lazy to open the Bible and read it for yourself? Do you have to tap in a name and a search in your search engine and find out something? That's far more easier. It's far more work to dig deep for yourself in the word of God. That's how you can avoid false teachers. That's how you can avoid false preachers. Simply by looking at God's word and praying for yourself. Well, deception Sadly, it's in the church. That's one of the reasons why many people don't want to come to church. 
That's one of the reasons why many people say, I don't want to believe in your Jesus, because I just switched the TV on and I saw a guy, a million pound guy, who's asking for money and he's got more money than me. I, I, I can't trust your gospel because I look and I see men. And that's what makes me angry. It makes God angry as well. It makes God angry as well. Well, Jehoshaphat came 400 and he realized, you know, I don't hear God's voice. Is there not a prophet of God in the house? Was his crying? Deception. Let's move on because um, there's desperation. Now, the prophet finally turns up. But listen what the King Ahab, uh, it makes me smile when I read this about King Ahab. He turns around and, and the king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, well, there is one prophet to whom you can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Sad, isn't it? I can't stand him. I hate him. Why do you hate him, king? I hate him because he never prophesied anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imlan. The king should not say that. Can you believe that? 400 prophets, and all the king can only find one. 400 telling him one thing, but only one. You know what? Sometimes there's only one person who will love you to tell you the truth. Everyone else will tell you what you want to hear, but somewhere in your life, there's one person, normally a parent, if you've got children, and you have your children, your children say, well, my, my, my friends tell me that I need to cut all my hair off. And your parent turns around and says, no, you don't love me, mom, you won't allow me to do what I want to do. No, I do love you. That's why I speak to you the way I speak to you. One prophet of the Lord, 400 telling the man to do this one thing, but one voice. I remember John the Baptist, he comes up and he says, there's a voice crying in the wilderness, make way, make straight the path of the Lord. One voice crying out, get ready for Jesus Christ. That was John the Baptist. Well, Ahab turns around and he says, you know, I, I really don't like this guy. I think he says it again. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he never prophesied any good about me, but only bad? Because he told him that if you go to war, you're going to die. 400 men said you're not going to die. One man says you are going to die. Destruction. Anyway, this king receives this report. And the reason why he always prophesied evil about this king, because this king was an evil king. Elijah turns around and says to Ahab, Ahab said to, said to Elijah, so you have found me, my enemy. Elijah replied, I found you because you have sold yourself to do evil. That's why when God speaks to that king, he always prophesied 
evil about him. Why? Because he has sold himself to do evil. He's always doing wickedness. Never doing anything good. And sometimes when you come to church, you come to church for a blessing. You come for God to, to bless you and to anoint you. But when you walk out that door, your intentions are wicked. Oh, pray for me, pastor. Pray that the Lord will bless me. You know, anoint me with the Holy Spirit and, and I'll send me out into the work week. But in your heart, you know that you're planning to go and do your own thing. And so we have Ahab having been prophesied evil about him. Why? Because he's always doing wickedness. That's why. Well, let's just move on in the story because um, the Bible turns around and, and, and of course, um, Ahab realizes that um, that he'd been prophesied evil. The Bible says, whatever you reap, whatever you sow, you shall reap. If you sow wickedness, you will reap destruction. Look what it says in, in Galatians. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. You will reap what you sow. If you sow to please the flesh, the Bible says, you will reap destruction. That's what the Bible says. So therefore, what you need to do, what I need to do is say, Lord, I want to sow to please you. I want to please the spirit of the living God working in me. That's what our prayer should be. Why? Because when we walk out that door, no matter what happens, we know that God's hand is going to be on us. Ahab was a wicked man who was reaping wickedness and he was going to reap destruction. But this wicked man was, was quite crafty. You know, some wicked men can be crafty, you know. Some evil men can be very, very crafty. And Ahab was going to war and he said to Jehoshaphat, Hey, Jehoshaphat, why don't you put your lovely king robes on? Put your crown on and your, your elegant gown on. And come in your white chariot. And I will go as a normal soldier. Why? Why want this good king to go in his king outfit and he go in disguise? Why? He was playing a game. So the Bible tells us, the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, this is the king of Israel, Ahab, I will enter the battle in disguise, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel, Ahab, disguised himself and went into battle. And as he went into the battle, we read this, that the king of Aram had ordered his chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. When the chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. So you get the picture here. Here is this wicked king Ahab. He disguises himself as an ordinary soldier. He tells the Christian, the good king, he said to him, you get dressed up in your royal robes and you go into battle. And so the both kings went in, one disguised and one as king. And what happens is that the enemy looks around and says, right, 
Make sure you fight against no one else, but fight only against the king of Israel, against Ahab. I want Ahab dead. And when the soldiers looked around, they couldn't see Ahab, but they saw one riding in his robe and his chariot. They thought, that must be the king of Israel. That must be Ahab. Let's attack him. Now, can you imagine what Jehoshaphat must have been feeling? He didn't know this. Can you imagine? Here he is going into war and suddenly everybody's eyes turned on him. Before you know it, every horse is charging at him. Before you know it, every bow is being bent at him. And he turns around and starts running. But I like what the Bible says. Not only did he turn around and start running, the Bible says this. But Jehoshaphat cried out. And the Lord helped him. I just love that. Here he is, being chased by a whole army by himself practically. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat begins to run and he cries out, Oh God, help me! And at that point, God helps him. Listen, when you go outside those doors and your heart is devoted to Christ. You can cry out to the Lord at any time. He wants to hear your voice. Never mind you're going through some trouble. You can cry right there. If you're going through some hardship, you can cry out. He wants to hear your voice. Doesn't matter if the sun is shining in your life and everything is hunky-dory and everything is well, you can cry out and God still wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice All the time, day and night, he never sleeps. The Bible says he never slumbers and never sleeps. He wants to hear you. What a privilege. That's why prayer is so important. That's why I'm encouraging this church to be a church of prayer. We had two prayer meetings on Friday, one here and one over in Hainal. Two groups of people crying out to God. We've got a prayer meeting on Wednesday night. Why? Because we want the church to be known as a church of prayer. Why? Because God longs to hear your voice. Praise be to God. He cried out. Out of desperation. He cried out because his life was in danger. He cried out because he had no one else to help him. He was on his own. His army had, was, was scattered. He was on his own. And he cried out. And the Bible says, the Lord helped him and drew him them away from him. Oh, my dear friends, won't you join me in crying out to God? Never mind on a Wednesday night, it'd be good to see you. Never mind on a Friday, it's always great to see people on a Friday for prayer. But when you join me in your closet, join me in the inner room, join me at home by yourself, join me at the cry out to God where no one else can see you, no one can put a medal on your chest and say, well done. No, no, no. God sees you. That's all that matters. When you join me in crying out to God, because when the church begins to pray, then God begins to act. That's the only way it happens. Once the church begins to pray, God moves. But when the church does not pray, guess what? God does not move. Why? Well, God has bound himself up 
God has said, you know, I've put myself under the law of prayer. If you pray and have faith in me, I will work. But if you don't pray, you don't seek my face, you don't cry out, don't expect me to roll up my sleeves in your your life. Don't expect me to come down and begin to work in your heart and in your family. Don't expect me to do anything for you if you don't call upon me in a secret place. You don't get to know me quietly by yourself. Don't expect me to come down into your situation. But if you do cry out, then I'm going to come and show myself strong on your behalf. Jehoshaphat cried out. You know, there's a story in the Bible, and I love the story in the New Testament about Peter. You remember that story, Peter? Jesus Christ comes miraculously. You've got to remember that Jesus is a miraculous son of God, and he comes walking on the water. How can that be? Well, he is the creator of heaven and earth. The water belongs to him. He commands the sea and the wind. He commands things. And here he is, walking on the surface of the water. Peter can't believe it. He's in the boat. In fact, the rest of the side, they can't believe it. They say, this is crazy. It's a ghost. It can't be. It must be. And Jesus, no peace. It's only me. Then Peter cries out, as Peter would. All the other guys stayed in the boat, but Peter said, Lord, Lord, if that's you, tell me to get out of the boat and walk. Well, you know the story, don't you? Jesus said to Peter, come. Can you imagine a man Climbing out of a boat, middle of the sea, eyes fixed on Jesus. And as he was fixing his eyes on Christ, he climbs out of the boat and he begins to walk miraculously, unbelievably on the water. And as he walks and he approaches Jesus, he begins to realize this is a miracle. This is Amazing, this is out of this world. This can't possibly be happening. And he begins to look around. The Bible says he sunk. But as he sinks, the Bible says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. What did he do? What did he do? can't hear you. What did he do? He cried out. Jehoshaphat cried out. Peter's sinking. He cries out and Jesus reached out his hand. Hallelujah. Immediately the Bible says. Immediately. Didn't think about it but immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith he said why did you doubt I'm here he said just cry out to me and why 
That's the question. When I read this, I asked, why did this miracle happen? The Bible tells you why. When they got into the boat, they worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. That is why miracles happen. Miracles take place so that Jesus will be worshipped. That's the only reason why. Miracles don't take place to make your life easier. Don't take place so that you can go around and give testimony about what God has done to you. No, no, no. Miracles take place in your life in order that he might be worshipped. And they worshipped him. Not only did they worship him, but they called him who he was. You're no, you're no ordinary man. You're no person like us. No, you are the son of God. And so they worshipped him. My dear friends, wouldn't you cry out to God? Cry out to Jesus. What's delaying you? What's causing you to turn around and say, well, you know, I'm not sure if I want to go to him, I might not. How can you say that? When Jesus himself invites you to call upon him. Call upon the Lord while he may be found. Seek him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Call upon God. Let's close this message as... I've gone on a little bit too long. Let me just finish this message now by looking at the third and final point, correction. Praise God, Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he came home safely from the battle. Ahab, who disguised himself, you read the story, he gets killed. Someone randomly fires an arrow and it landed right on Ahab and he just died. But this man, he got home safely. You know, when you trust in Christ and call upon his name, he will bring you home. And not turning around only, he will bring you home to your house where you live. Yes, he will bring you home to your address today safely. Praise be to God. But I want to tell you, he will bring you to your eternal home safely. That's where we want to go. Paul says it here. What Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only will he award it to me, but he also will give it to every single one of you who longs for his appearing. That's what he says he will do. He will carry you home safely, through all the difficulties, all the trials, all the temptations, all the tears, all the pain, all the joy, all the happiness, whatever your life passed through, the Lord will carry you safely home. That's his promise. He will carry you. My dear friends, we are living in a day and age where we cannot predict what will take place in our lives but one thing you can be sure of he will carry you safely well in closing Jehoshaphat comes home safely but he meets a prophet and the prophet turns around to him Jehu who's a prophet, the seer son of Hanai 
went out to meet him and said to the king, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is on you. Can you imagine Jehoshaphat? He comes home and now he hears this. God is angry with me. God is angry with me because I, I help the wicked and I love those who hate God. He's angry with me. Now he can go two ways. He can either say God is angry with me and so I'm going to be angry with God. Or he says God is angry with me but I'm going to love God. And the wonderful thing is, we read that Jehoshaphat, hearing this, this, Jehoshaphat went out, the Bible says he went out and he began to serve the Lord all the more. He began to serve God all the more. Even though the Bible says God created him, he went out and served God all the more. Listen, I'm going to close with this last verse. Listen to me carefully. Sometimes God rebukes you. Sometimes God tells you off. Sometimes God tells you that you're going the wrong way. And he does that, why? Because the Bible says he loves you. And so he rebukes you. Now, when he rebukes you, you can do two things. You can get angry with God or you can love God all the more. And the Bible says this. And have you forgotten, completely forgotten, this word of encouragement that addresses you as sons? Addresses you as a father addresses his sons. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises everyone he accepts as a son. God disciplines you. If God does not tell you off, if God leaves you, then your heart will become hard. If God leaves you, then you will go your own way and end up ruining your life. If God leaves you to your own devices, then you will end up ruining your children, ruining your husband, ruining your wife. But God comes and says, I'm not going to allow this. I'm going to stop you and I'm going to rebuke you. And when God does that, it's because he loves you. Now, we all know that. I'm preaching to the choir, surely. We all know that. You know that your dad and your mum if they're a decent father, a decent mother, you know that they only rebuke you because they love you. You know that. My father used to rebuke me. Boy, did he rebuke me. Man, there were some straps and some sticks and some things he pulled out to make sure I learnt my lesson. I loved him for it. I look back. At the time, my, my bum was stinging. I couldn't sit down. My tears were howling. Everybody was leaving me alone because nobody wanted to comfort me because my brothers and sisters would get it themselves. But I love him for his rebuke. And I want to tell you this morning, God loves you. 
If a father gives you what you want all the time, he will ruin you. I've seen kids whose father and mother are millionaires and the children are hooked on drugs and cocaine. How is that possible? Your father and your mother, they looked after you. How is it possible? Well, they gave me everything I wanted. I had no boundaries. Look at my life, it's a mess. Isn't that true? But God rebukes those whom he loves. Why? So you can share in his holiness and become like him. My dear friends, Jehoshaphat was a good king. And even though God rebuked him, he went even better. He went even further. He even went and pleased God all the more. Next week we'll hear a little bit more about this king. But I want to say to you, we need Jehoshaphat in the house of God. We need men who can turn around and say, that guy is not right. That guy is right. That guy is a false teacher, but this guy knows the word. Why do I know that? Because I cry out to God for myself. That's why I know. I read the word for myself. That's why I understand. We need some Jehoshaphats in the house who know how to pray. Not in public, but in secret. That's who we need today. We need some Jehoshaphats in the house. But when God tells you you're going the wrong way, you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm going another way. I'm going your way. We need some Jehoshaphat. Men and women with his heart, his spirit in the house of God today. Let's pray. Father, Father, I just want to thank you, God, for helping, helping the church to listen. Lord, it's a warm evening and it's so easy just to fall asleep and to get our minds go somewhere else. But I thank you, Lord, for helping us all today to hear your word. And I know that you've helped us because your spirit has been here. It's not the gifting of the speaker, Lord, but it is your spirit that we need. Oh, God, thank you for him. And may he continue to transform us. May he continue to change us. May we be like the men, oh God Almighty, who are changed because we've been in your presence. Oh God. Father, I pray, do a work in this place. Do a work in our hearts. Change us, oh God. Change us. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's stand, shall we?